And boom, we are back. Episode 14 of the Can Cost. Ugh, Can, look at This is how bad it is, man. I'm, we took such a long break from the show. I'm so rusty, I still can't get it figured out. What did you say it was? Can't gas something. I thought he said can blast. Yeah. We're just having <laughs> something such a like blast. that. I don't know. It's like it's it's been a long day. But mm. I am, I am on holidays starting tomorrow. Me too. I've heard yeah. you're on holidays every day starting last week. I know it never went anywhere. Never happens, never happens. I worked today. Did you I'm get probably, it all done? I'm probably gonna have to work some days, but it's it's fine. We're gonna get her done. No, I'm taking some time. I got some sweet golf clubs. I'm gonna try them out. Oh, nice. I'm On Wednesday, have, right? Wednesday. Wednesday's a pretty special day for you and your lady, no? It is. That's right. How did you know that? Well, did I know, tell you I that? I talk to your lady all the time. No. <laughs> I talked to her today <laughs> twice. Wow. <laughs> twice, buddy. Jeez, what is wrong with you guys? That's right. Uh, Honestly, I did. Ten-year wedding anniversary. That's good. Congratulations. Yeah. Ten, I feel like ten years. Ten years? That's, that's pretty good. That's good, man. You guys are past that seven-year hump, right? That's like the, the pinnacle if you're going to make it or not. Really? After seven years, you're, yeah, I always said downhill. I, would, I always said I would never get married again. Yeah. Yeah. I'm at six years right are. now. So. Married again. You're not at six years. Yeah, we're, we've been together six years. Show me the ring. Oh, together we're like 13. We already told the ring story last episode. We no, show me Sean's anything. ring. Uh, no, I don't wear a ring. He's a carpenter, man. He actually no. works. He's not a window guy. <laughs> those, <laughs> those fingers there, man, that's not a ring. It's a bracelet. Well. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, but Mark, before we introduce our guest, you know we're yeah. going to introduce him right now because he's here. Nick Kuzvis. Nick. We're so pumped that you're here, man. We're going to give you a big round of applause. Oh, thanks. Here we go. I'm happy to be here. That's thanks. awesome. Thank you very much. You're- I feel like I'm going to lead this conversation a better angler. <laughs> Me too. I'm super pumped to yeah, be here. Yeah, so we, we've been or talking worse. about having you for a while, and we're, we're pretty pumped to have you in here because like, we're going to learn a lot. we got a lot of questions that people DM'd us. We're not going to say your name because a lot of them were the same question. A lot of smallmouth stuff, of course. A lot of mega bass stuff. But before we get into all to that, before we hand it over to our guest and put him on the spot, Mark, I have a present for you. Cause, cause you, you do, your eh? Your birthday's coming up, right? It is. And we're not going to be able to do an episode before your birthday, so I wanted to give it to you tonight. Okay, let's do it. Right. Oh, my God. I'm scared. <laughs> Sorry about the wrapping job. What? That's all I have. <laughs> Check it out. Hold, hold it up to the camera. Merry birthday. Like a, Merry hold birthday. Hold it up to the camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're the best. Oh, it's in pink, too. Yeah. So wait, 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 wait. One uh-huh. second. Sean, make sure that thing's recording up there. That's an oh, amateur level. Because no. this is so good that if it's not read and recorded on the phone, we're going to have to redo this one. I already know it's oh, coming because I looked in oh. it. <laughs> uh, it's recording. It's numbers are in red. Yeah, we're good. Oh, All right. boy. Here you ready go. for this? Open it up. I don't expect anything different from you, bud. A box of Kleenexes. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna need, you're gonna need those to wipe the tears after I kick your ass on the weekend. <laughs> it's pretty funny because Kyle sent me a message today. I'm looking for a couple rods, and he he says I'm only bringing three rods. That's all I need to beat you. I said no, you need to be someone else to beat me. <laughs> yeah, so he messaged me. He's like, hey, the rest of my my pro staff orders show up, and I'm like. Man, I'm like, what Rob are you waiting on? Like, remind me. Because I wasn't near my computer, right? He's like, ah, oh, this one or this one. And I'm like, man, this is coming to my garage tonight. I got 100 rods. I only need three to beat you. So, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. But seriously, though, if you want, you open these like this. So, like, if you got Oh, I'm sure you know how to open them. He's got lots of boxes of those. Oh, yeah. You didn't get these from your bedside table, did you? <laughs> <laughs> no. That's funny because a couple of years ago, his wife, for his birthday, his wife was actually going out of town. For his birthday, I got him a sock. Yeah, one. One sock. That's what I got for my birthday yeah. from Sean. Yeah. One sock. His wife was leaving for a month. <laughs> yeah, man. So, <laughs> got him a sock. I think that's a great gift, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah it lasts longer yeah. than the box of tissues. You know, sports yeah. sock, too. So yeah. I felt like, well, yeah. 
Like so, an athlete. I'm just yeah. gonna. I'm gonna just. <laughs> I'm just gonna apologize in advance. Our sound might be a little echoey tonight because we had to take those bears off the wall. They absorbed all our sound. Yeah, that oh, tick yeah. tick ticks happening. So yeah, I hear we can, it too. I don't want to say anything. We can fix the tick tick tick. Like I said, I'm a norm. I'm a. I'm a brutal producer. We're gonna sub this out soon. <laughs> yeah. But I'm great talking. But in all seriousness, I think we. If it's a little off tonight, guys, I apologize, and I'm, I'm sorry in advance, Nick, but I think it's going to sound great. So That's good. So, Nick, we got you in here. Tell us a little bit about, about yourself. You're an accomplished tournament angler. You're a guide. You're a full-time rep for Mega Bass now. Kind of tell us about like, how you got in the industry and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, I mean, you know, growing up as a kid, I mean, it's all I ever thought about was fishing. I remember being in school and drawing pictures of bass boats and fish jumping out of the water, which reflected my marks in school. But... Um, you know, I, I, was, I started as a tournament guy. You know, I've always been competitive. I was in sports my whole life. And, uh, you know, I, from the tournament thing, I just wanted to do more. I love the, um, the whole uh, promotion of the, the products and, you know, the promotion of the sport. Uh, I really love to, like, get new people in and sort of teach them, you know, what, what I did. I mean, like, you know, all I did was, was fish. That's all I did when I was a kid. Uh, so my job, any job I ever took, I tried to make as much money as I can so I can afford fishing. That's what it was. Passion was never the work. It was just to get out fishing. So I thought, well, why not try and do something in the industry? So now I'm doing what I love to do right around. I'm on the water. And when I'm not on the water, I still love doing it. So uh, Megabass picked me up about nine years ago. I was the the only Canadian staffer at the time here. And I always told them that I wanted to, you know, have a bigger role. I, you know, if you guys needed something else or needed me to do more, that I'd be there. And, you know, just cards sort of fell the way they did. And I got lucky. And, uh, you know, the opportunity opened up where they wanted me to do some, some repping for them, not just in Canada, but in the U.S. So I get to travel a lot, visit a lot of different stores and love the brand. So it's just easy to sell something when you're passionate about it. And, uh, you know, it was never just a sponsorship for me. And I never really, I never really went after any sponsorship that I didn't believe in the product. It wasn't just about putting a name on my shirt, but I wanted, if I believed in it, I felt like I could sell it and promote it right. And, uh, Megabass just kind of just worked out. So I'm still with them now. I've, I've been, uh, running around some stores in the U S and just having a blast. Like it, I'm blessed, man. It's been a great, it's been a great ride and hopefully, uh, you know the way life goes, man. You just gotta ride it till it ends, and hopefully it doesn't end anytime soon. No, for sure. And like you've always been known, at least as long as I've been around in the industry. You know, even before you were like when you said you were just staffing for him, you've yeah. always been known as like the mega bass guy. Yeah, like, mm -hmm. I still remember the yeah. boats, the wraps, the yeah. you know what I mean. So it's yeah. like hey, that's Nick, that's the mega bass guy, right? And it's just <clears> you did such a good job at making that brand look like it has such a huge presence in Canada, which it does, and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger every day. Yeah. And the one thing we preach on the show about can cast is we just want to bring all the industry together yeah. i don't care what you fish we're all buddies we want to talk about fishing and grow the sport that's why i wanted to have you come on yeah. and talk about some stuff so we have a lot of questions that came in um and we want a lot of small mouth questions the small mouth craze is on it's not going anywhere it's been on but everyone's like how do i figure a small mouth we're like we need nick nick's nick's one of the guys so there's two people that can really break down product in canada i feel like do it really well and I feel like JP the Rose, yeah. and you are the second guy who can, like, you two can, like, break anything down, talk about it, some of the best seminars. And I really wanted to have you in, so I appreciate you coming in. So Thanks for having me, man. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. Let's so go. I'm, I'm going to start it off easy because yeah. I've had a hard time getting on this mega bass train. 
All right? It's because my wallet, I hold it tight. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and I'm and and uh, Jasper and me were at one of the fishing shows, and, and Jasper, you know, being a good friend, I'm like, Jasper, what is all the fuss about this stuff? Like, why are you guys spending, like, 36, 38 bucks on a jerk bait? Like, I just... And he's like, Kyle, trust me, you got to... You got to try it. You got to try it. You got to try it. I never did. And then I'm out, you know, and I'm hanging out with the Peterborough Pro Tackle guys. And I'm in their store, and I'm like, now, another huge selection, right? This, like, Jasper yeah. at J, Peterborough's, Ganyan's got some. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll go through all the dealers here in Ontario. But and I say, and, like, those guys, they are mega bass freaks. And then they're fishing at all time, and they're catching fish, like, good fish, right? Mm -hmm. Like, those guys can it's the same thing so I, I was talking to those guys about it and they're like well you know this is why and you're fishing it wrong and you need this kind of setup so i want to start with the vision 110 because mm -hmm. i think when guys think mega bass i personally think vision 110 is that their most popular popular bait yeah by far still is even though our the, the platform has grown so much more but the 110 the 110 plus one uh it is like exponentially larger than anything i mean the it, flagship bait. it really is yeah i mean that's what made the name uh, do you guys know the story behind the 110 and how it got to North America? No, let's hear, let's it. hear it. Okay, so um, uh, Japan, uh, Ito came over here, who's the president of, you know, Mega Bass of America, and he he wanted to get the brand into the U.S. So what he did, he started visiting dealers, went around to dealers in the U.S., and he said, uh, I want to have a tournament against you or your pro, whatever it is. I only use this 110. They can use whatever they have in your shop. And if I win, you have to bring my product into the store. If he wins, I'll come in and buy like, I think it was like $1,000 of yeah. product. I'll just come in and buy that. Yeah. That's how I, that's how you win. Okay, great. So that's what he did. He went around winning all these tournaments, fishing one bait, the 110. And that's how it sort of got into the U.S. And then it grew popularity. I remember growing up when we started getting serious in the tournaments, the jerkbait was a big thing. It was actually a buddy of mine that started throwing it at first. But we would always tinker with our baits, always try to figure out how to get the best out of it, especially when we transitioned from largemouth to smallmouth. So uh, we were throwing a lot of the Thundersticks, which I can't remember. Is a bomber that made Thundersticks? I could be uh, wrong. Not sure. And I then the Smithwick Rogue was the rogue, slowly yeah. after that. Yeah, now, those baits you really had to use heavy tackle to get it to do what you need it to do for fish to eat it. Because, you know, so many guys can get fish to follow, but to get them to bite was the issue. And when they were on fire, you might get one or two, but come tournament time when they're sluggish and they see a lot of boats, they get really weary, and they'd follow, so guys would be frustrated. They couldn't get, man, I don't know how you get them bite. So we would tinker around, and we would work them with um, uh, suspend dots. And we had this, I wish I brought it. So we had this bomber, or Thunderstick, I should say, and it would have 10 suspend dots under the chin. It can almost you, looked like a mini can. Can you send me a picture of it? We'll post I will, it up. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, with the yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's how we made it suspend, because it would float like a cork. And then you really had to hit it hard to get the bait to swing, or it wouldn't swing. So we were using like six foot six uh, jigging, walleye jigging rods, like rip rods. So stiff, straight braid, no, no, no leader material on it at all to get it to really move and they would eat it and they would absolutely crush it, pull your arm out. But you know, the wear and tear that your body took hitting that thing so hard. I remember the first classic I did on Lake Simcoe. Uh, I just figured that I had two good days in me. And then the third day I, my, my hands would start to get swollen. They'd swell up. 
my wrist, my elbow was sore, my so- shoulder was sore. So I'd have two solid days. The third day I had maybe two, three hours, and I'm done. And that's all I'd get out of it. Uh, but we we won some tournaments doing that. We we were very consistent, Did had a lot of top fives. I mean, the problem with the jerk bait is that you lose fish, right? It's just nothing you can do mm. because it's the one bait where it's not like a swim bait where you're reeling it and the fish grabs it or a jig where it's on the bottom, you feel them, and you set the hook. You don't know when the strike's going to come with the jerk bait. It could come on the pause. It could come when you're about to rip it. So it's always a surprise. And then I imagine now you, you get this fish that eats it at the wrong time when it's always the wrong time because you don't anticipate it. And now that fish takes off and you're trying to reel it in to get a second hook in him and he's flying out of the water and he's gone. So uh, when Mega Bass came out and I found him in Japan and ordered some, uh, I remember the first day I was on the water with a buddy of mine and I said, man, we're in big trouble. And he's like, why? And I'm like, this bait is so easy to use that everybody's going to catch fish on this bait. So what year was this? This would have been like around 2005. Okay. 2002, yeah, 2000, 2004, 2005. And then they started coming into the U.S. And that's how I met. There was a rep here in Canada. I didn't know him at the time, but he was bringing them in. And then sort of we became friends after that. I showed him my collection of like three tackle boxes. Yeah, with yeah. These colors from Japan. But, you know, it... it I've won and lost so many tournaments on that one bait. The only other rod I would have on, I'd have like four rods with a 110 and a 110 plus one. And then I'd have one or two with either a drop shot or a tube just to pick up a follow-up fish. But it was addic- it was, it's, a, it's addictive to fish that bait because you're, all, you're constantly seeing how that fish is reacting to it. They'd follow it to the boat. And now you, gotta, you have about a five-second minute or span that you have to figure out what that move is to get him to eat it or he's swimming away. And it was just so like the energy that you had in your body, like watching this all day long kept you going. So even when you weren't getting bit, you were always trying to figure it out. And it it, it was addictive, but it it's tough to do it all day. And now I've gotten older. I mean, I still fish it and I fish it a lot, but I don't, I have other stuff because you got to have a break off it, but it's a bait from a from just a, an enjoyment perspective, I love going up north and fishing those smaller lakes and throwing a jerk bait. They absolutely smash it, and it's a blast. The only thing I think about that's better is a topwater strike. But the jerk bait thing is just you know, it's we used to call guys the fish drop shot. Uh, you guys are like, you know, wussies, man. Like you're, I can't even say that. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Like you know. Yeah. We know the word. You're yeah. We don't. About. We don't use that. We don't use those. Uh, those sticks, man. We. You know. You want to be a man or you want to be a boy, right? right. That kind of thing. So, um, but it it is. You know, there's a reason that you're paying that kind of money because we get this all the time. We get into shows and, you know, the more and more we do the Bassmasters class, we have guys constantly coming into our booth, and it's 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 a different, it's a culture. Right. It's a lifestyle like these guys buy these baits because they know they catch fish. And there are other guys that are always trying to disprove it and throw everything else because they don't want to spend the money. But at the end of the day, there is no better jerk bait than a than a than a Mega Bass 110 in shallow water. And there's no better jerk bait than a plus one. Now, don't get me wrong. There are other baits that are good out there and they catch fish. I don't want to I'm going to sit here and tell you if you're not throwing a 110, you're not going to catch fish. You will. But day in and day out, thank you so much, uh, that 110, it's hard to beat it. If you're fishing against a guy that knows how to throw a jerk bait, that bait's tough. And it's it's the the proof is in the pudding when you go around and you look at all these tournaments, especially the higher level ones, the elites, the BASs, all there is not a pro out there that doesn't have a box of 110s. Doesn't matter who he's sponsored by. 
they all have them in their boat. So I want to address when I was first like researching this mega bass stuff, and I remember like a few years ago, I asked you this question at a fishing show at Jack Astor's. You're sitting on one side, right? You remember the question already, don't no, you? No, I don't. No? I don't know. Okay, why do people give it a reputation of having? Bad hooks. Talk about the hooks. They're okay. not bad. You right. explained it to me, and it all makes sense. But right. let's hear it for the listeners. Yeah. So this is this happens to almost everybody that comes in our booth. If you're going to get a negative thing, it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be about the hooks, right? It's going to be about the hooks, and then you know some guys will break the bills. So you understand that the the science behind that bait, everything is tuned so perfectly to make it do what it does with less effort from the angler. So I can take that bait with like even mono make a long cast with it and pop it like this. And that bait's going to move. I've done it because I've had my wife go out into a shallow part of the, the beach. She'll go out there and I'll whip the bait out there as far as I can. And I ask her, Hey, how much is that bait moving when I hit it on mono with all that stretch and it still moves. You just can't do that with every kind of jerk bait. But what happens here in North America, you know, the North American angler has been accustomed to using a heavier, beefier, stoutier rod than what the Japanese, Japanese are very, they use a lot of finesse stuff. Our rods are built uh, to match exactly what you're doing with that bait to get it to do what it do with the less, uh, the least amount of effort, right? But you got guys now throwing 10, 12 pound, 14 pound test, and they're popping that bait hard. When they get a fish, now they're reeling it so, so, so hard. They're putting so much pressure on that fish that those, those hooks are thin and they'll bend. Uh, and if they don't bend on the fight, you get them in the net. Now that fish is thrashing around. You're using pliers. They're going to bend and break. I tell guys, look, we this is this is the the best hook for that for that bait. Uh, Gammy came out with the finesse series, and it's a good hook too. Aaron Martins was 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 with them at the time, and they built that hook for the 110 to match it by weight. It's a good hook too. But I tell guys all the time, man, that, that out barb is sticky. It's all about your tackle, getting a little bit lighter, going to, say, 10-pound test, longer lead on your fluorocarbon, or go straight floral on your baitcaster. If you're on a spinning, it's always better to go braid. I'll go to, like, J-Braid, a 10-pound J-Braid, to, say, 8- or 10-pound fluorocarbon. I'll lengthen that leader just to give me a little bit more stretch. So when it, yeah, sorry to interrupt yeah. you. So the, one of the questions we got it multiple times was for jerk baiting. Mm -hmm. you're, you're talking about your setup, spinning or casting. What do you prefer? Yeah. So my my um, my answers changed over the years. I was straight spinning, and the reason I went straight spinning. Look, we fish a lot of clear water lakes, so casting distance is key. You can cast back then. You can cast on a spinning rod. You can get that bait to go an extra twenty yards, twenty five yards. Which a lot of time I used to do this thing. I had this little um, this little diagram that I called the three ring circus. And what it was was like if you can picture. So this is the surface of the water. This is your boat, and then there's three rings. There's a ring here, a ring there, and a ring there. The last ring represented the furthest cast you can make, right? So the edge of that ring is where that bait would drop in the water. That first ring is your best chance to get a fish to bite because it's the furthest away from the boat. They, even though they may look, they're probably know you're there, but they're not a spooked way out there. So if you don't have, if you have braid to your, to your spinning rod, now you have less stretch and you can get that bait to move more aggressively. And in our clear water, 
in the summertime, a lot of guys grew up watching guys throwing jerk baits, but they watch them in the states in colder water conditions, and they pot. They do very long pauses because those fish are cold blooded. Their metabolism rate is super slow, and they just don't have the energy to go chase something fast. So it would be more like a, a tap, tap, let it sit. Sometimes 10 to 15 seconds, then you get a bite. But in the summertime, if you do that, you're not going to get bit. A big smallmouth in this clear water is going to come over there. They're going to just see too much information. So the whole point is that you want to cast it out there, reel it down, and then just like pop, 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 stop, pop, 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 stop, pop, 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 stop. So your pause is, you're still pausing it, but really short. Once that bait left that first circle, that middle circle now is closer to the boat. Now they get a little bit tentative because they know the boat's there. They hear the trolling motor. They hear the graphics. So a lot of times from then, they'll start to follow it. They're interested. And in that last circle is when they're right at the boat. That's when you can visually see them. A lot of guys will just keep doing the same thing and that fish will follow and then just swim away. That's when you have to be a little creative with your with what you do with it. So whether you pause it, stop, give it a quick tap. I always tell the I always tell my customers, look, look, when you see that fish coming to the bait, what you want to do is get that bait to move without moving it closer to the boat. It's hard to do. So the rod is super important in how you finesse that bait. But I want to pop it and get it to kind of twitch this way, but not go like this and get too close to the boat because then they take off. At that point, you only have like half a second where that fish is either committing to it or he's gone. But if I can make it move and not get too much closer, he might look at it long enough and go and eat it. A lot of the fish that we caught, actually, it's kind of like musky fishing. It would happen right at the boat. Yeah. That's where most of them, and that's where the trouble comes in too. Because now you've got a five-pound smallmouth <laughs> that hits at the boat, and you know they're insane. 100-mile-an-hour fish. Yeah, 100-mile-an-hour. So that's why I went to that longer lead, because when they would eat it, a lot of times you only had the fluorocarbon, and you'd have some stretch there so they're not ripping the hooks out. If you get them from far away, and I would change that lead. It, it's crazy, because I would dial in differently. So if my strikes were coming way out there, and I had, say, a 14-foot lead, yeah. and I was consistently getting them far away, I would shorten that lead to seven, five to seven feet. Because now I have less stretch in that line, I'm going to get a better hookup from a distance away. Right. If they're eating close, then I go longer, so I get more stretch, so that when I get the fish, he's not, because you just pull the hooks out and it's gone. Mm -hmm. The bait caster, I find, you get more to the boat. It's hard to explain, but somehow, just the way they're built... I just feel like, so I go straight floral, no braid. Uh, once they hit it, it just feels like there's more power in that rod. The tips are not as light, and you get better hook set in, even though they hit it at those weird times. I get more. So I kind of play with both. But generally, if I'm trying to fire it out there, I use spinning. Now Nowadays, you think of like the Tatula SVTW, all these new reels that are coming out. The casting is, casting performance is outstanding. So you, you really start to get close yeah. to the distance that you'll get on a spinning on a bait caster. So again, if I'm using a 110, I prefer the bait caster. If I'm using the plus one, I go to a spinning. The action's completely different. The way I fish it is different. I feel like I can get better action with the bait caster on the 110 and better action with the spinning on the plus one. So go ahead, Mark. Okay. Um, when you're setting the hook, are mm -hmm. you sweeping? Is it sweep to the side? Is it is it a sweep up? Is yeah. there any advantage to a certain way? Honestly, I sweep to the side, and and you know a lot of guys try to sweep. They go up. I don't really know that there's the thing is when I'm sweeping sideways. The reason I do that because when I sweep up, you only have so far to go, and you have to stop at that point. When I sweep sideways, I can pull back 
much further than I can if I go up. So I go side. Uh, you really all you're trying to do at that point. They've got that bait in its mouth. You're just trying to push those hooks further in and try and hopefully get a barb in there or two. You know, and, and again, you're at the mercy of that fish. If they eat that back hook, that's generally when you lose it. If they eat it all, you almost always get them to the boat. In your opinion, when you when that fish hits that bait, he knows his hook. He goes sky. Yeah. How many times do you think that those hooks aren't even in it? The reason why you're you're losing that fish is because he just opens his mouth and spits the bait because they grab onto it hard, they grab right? Onto so you it really got to drive that hook. Yeah, correct. They, I drive it like I hit it hard, especially too. You're thinking like on a bait cast, I'm going straight floral. I'm using like a a one ten stick, which is only like a six five uh, jerk bait P five rod. But man, that rod I can finesse it like no other. The one ten special is six eleven. It's a great rod, but I'm a smaller guy, so I just find that rod's just too much rod for me. I can't. It's great if I'm throwing it out there and I'm just you know doing whatever. But when I really want to finesse that bait, that six five, that one ten stick, I tell the guys, look, it's short, and maybe you're not used to it, but you put on a Tatula SVTW. Or, you know, that like extreme casting reel, dude, you can wing that bait out there. The only thing that that rod lacks is leverage on a long cast. But if I'm getting bit close to the boat or mid-range close, then it, it, it's I get most of them to the boat. I just learned more about jerkbait in the last five minutes than all the YouTube videos I've watched in the last five years. Okay, now what about what about drag on your spinning reel? How loose do you have that? Can you actually hear it coming out when you're jerking? No. So I tighten it again. So I, I adjust. So I tighten it. Um, when they're eating out. If they're eating close, then yeah, I'll have that drag set a bit differently because if they eat it near the boat. So it's a two-way it's a two -way thing. If they eat it near the boat, the good thing is if you have it tight, the hooks will go in. The bad news is now you got a, an angry five-pound smallmouth, you know, six, seven feet away from you. And if you don't have any drag, more than likely he's going to break a hook or open those hooks up or release. I mean, those fish are built like, they're like machines. They're just different than largemouth. I don't think I can never, I can't even tell you that I can count how many largemouth I've lost on a jerk bait in one hand. But I can I can have all our hands together and then everybody else we can find in the next hour on yeah. how many. I mean, it's one of those baits where it's like, like I said, I've won tournaments with it and I've lost as many. Um, just get a good look at this 110. Yeah. So that's what's going to beat you on the weekend. It's the wrong color, dude. <laughs> It's not the wrong color. I'm so confident in this color, I won't yeah. even show the camera. <laughs> Speak, speaking of colors, though, Nick, if yeah. you're going to just go, okay. Yeah. So I'm a guy, I'm going to go buy my first Vision 110, but I'm yeah. only going to buy one because I'm holding my wallet tight. Right. Which we've already discussed. They're yeah. worth it. So that yeah. forget the money. It, it's worth it, right? Yeah. What color would you buy? You can only buy one. How many colors are there? Oh, there's over 100. Okay, so you only yeah. buy one, though. What are you taking for, let's say for this area, we'll, we'll say the Kawarfas. Or Ontario, yeah, because we got everything. So look, any uh, I'll keep it simple. If you're if you're fishing a perched base lake, perch or sunfish, I'm gonna go to a perch pattern, a sunfish pattern. That's gonna be my deal. Um, if I'm out where there's a lot of shad and stuff, then I'm gonna go to like a sustained reaction, like white, uh, something clear, maybe a pro blue. Here, here's the thing about jerk bait. So I get this all the time. What's your favorite color? I don't have a favorite color. There was a time I did, but the more I fished them. There are basically three types of, uh, there's a few more, but let's just say three major uh, paint variations that we make. One would be like opaque. So it's kind of like this. This would be like, like a French pearl. There's a little bit of shine to it, but you see when I put it up to the light, it gives you that kind of ghost. So light penetrates it and it gives it that kind of matte sort of finish. 
this is great. Any any of our we might have you know six, seven, eight, nine different colors that are like this. This would be great in low light conditions, so early in the morning and in cloud. I love these opaque colors. So I'm looking at conditions. That's the first thing I think about because my my idea is what are the fish going to see best, right? Mm -hmm. uh, then if it's super calm, flat, sunny, the fish are spooky, I go to this more of a translucent color. So you can see it's very like skeleton, ghost-like. Mm -hmm. This is great on those flat, calm days, sun high. Um, maybe if I'm fishing behind some boats and I'm trying to get a bite or two extra, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to a smaller bait and go to this style color. They see it, but they don't really get a great look at it, and they, re they tend to react better. Now, I always say, look, there's no absolute. It's not always going to be that way, but this is my starting point. I look at conditions. This is my conditions. It's sunny. It's early in the morning. I'm going to throw opaque. That's what I'm throwing. Now, the opaques and, and the translucent, yeah. with, for lack of a better word, yeah. do they come in patterns? Or are they just they that same? No, they, they come in lots. See, this is like, a, I think this is a pro green or a crystal shad. We have a couple different ones that are, you know, with green back, very clear. We have a pro blue like this. There's a bunch of them. There's o, uh, OPS or OSP. Um uh, uh, and like if, if you're looking at colors, if you're at home listening to this, the Mega yeah. Bass website's phenomenal. Yeah. Like it's, I'm looking at it right now. We got it pulled up. Like everything pops up. You go by lure, color, like everything. Like if you're going to shop, right? That's right. Or if you go on any of the retailer websites, most of those guys have all the images up. Like now we have a ton of listeners from all over North America. Yeah. We got a lot of U.S. guys. We got a ton of guys here in Ontario. But just for local sake, for CanCast show, which happens in, in Peterborough, who are the main Mega Bass guys in Canada? So in Canada, for sure, uh, Peterborough Pro Tackle. I was just over there talking to the guys there. I mean, they do a great job. That Wait, wait, wait. Were you uh, talking to them? Yeah, or were you, is that well, the reason why, you went? Why'd you go? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, you know what? So oh. we, we just came back from the Thousand Islands Open. Uh, I put a $10 bet down with Travis. He's the owner of the store. Uh, they won. So I told them, I said, Hey, listen, a bet's a bet. I'm going to drive over there and give you 10 bucks. So I did, I signed it for him. I gave him the uh, GFY in there and, uh, moved on. <laughs> the next one. I'm like, hold it, enjoy it. Cause next year I'm taking it back from you. Good man. Get inflation. That's probably on the, 20 bucks. Yeah, that's probably right. on the wall yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah. So we got Peter bro. Yeah. Peter yep. pro, uh, you know, Jasper at, uh, pro J's is obviously a great store in Toronto. If you're in the Toronto area, uh, you know, Ganyan's in Oshawa. There's um, Pro Advantage in Belleville. Very good store. Uh, great selection there. We have uh, Cole over there at Angling Sports in London. Oh, yeah. Great store. Cole Bailey. Yeah. 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 We got a new store in Cornwall that opened up called Tightlines. Really cool dude there. He's actually opened up his store. Was like a little tackle section in a flower store. Yeah, somebody really. told me I think about I heard this. about like, that. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a cool, dude. Yeah, yeah. So now he ended up buying the back end and opened it up, and he's been really good. He he sells a lot of high end product, and he's got great clientele. That's a great store. Is he like a marketing genius or what? You go in there, you spend your three hundred bucks on tackle, you grab your wife a bouquet on the way out the door. She doesn't say crap to you after. No, like it's like honestly, <laughs> it's brilliant. brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. That guy brilliant. won. That guy won the award. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, Fishing World in Hamilton is now they've been a long time mega bass dealer. They're good, good, good guys. Mike and Jim down there, they do a good job. I'm trying to think who I'm missing here. There's obviously somebody. There's a couple other small stores. Bass, oh. bass City still do mega no, bass? No, uh, no, Bass City doesn't do mega bass. Uh, you know who else I forgot? Elwood Epps up in Aurelia. Oh, of course. Corey that guy does a great guys. job. Yeah. Corey's good. Him yeah. and his wife do a good job. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple other small ones, but those are the big. Those are the big players. There's some new ones coming up very soon. 
Um, but so basically, all- anywhere you live in southern Ontario, there's going to be a mega bass dealer a- pr- pretty close. You might have to drive a little bit, but it's not a ridiculous drive. No. I'd say anywhere you're in within an hour, unless you're way up. Uh, even up north, Kenora is... Um, Lake of the Woods? Lake of the Woods. Oh, what a fantastic store. Yeah, great store. Bri- Brian's store has such a great reputation. I can't wait to go up and see it in person. I would love to. Yeah, Me like, too. And just amazing, amazing, amazing. Have you been up there, Nick? I've never been. I want to go fish that tournament up there here. It's so much Sounds fun. Sounds like a business man. trip for you. Yeah, I think it might be. I hear that's like one of the, what do they call that one again? The uh, That's called the... Uh, Fort, is it the Fort Francis? Fort Francis Bass Champion or Canadian... It's amazing. They're like it's a huge, set, right? huge tent. You do yeah. like a drive through way in. It's like the biggest bass tournament in Canada, isn't it? Is, it is, yeah. It is. We should go next year. I think we should, like, everybody should go. It's a 24-hour drive. You know what? Trip out of but it. we get a convoy. Like we 10 all travel boats. pretty good together, I'm too, pretty right? sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 10 boats going together would be, be a blast. As long as the window's open if you're traveling with this clown. <laughs> 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 so, like, we spent a ton of time on the 110, and, like, we're going to have to have you back for another episode because we just, there's so much info that's coming. But my mind's spinning right now. So I'm pumped. Nick did bring me a little gift to beat Mark with this weekend. Just, <laughs> I'm going to have Jeez. to post this after the qualifiers so nobody gets on to all these techniques. But, you know, just kidding. Right. But what 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 is, what is next? So, like, what I'm and, – and I apologize. It might not be – I feel like I'm very in tune with the industry. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like I always like shied away from the JDM stuff for some reason, right? Because I was, you know, but now I'm like, because you're too I'm, cheap. I'm going down the rabbit hole. Yeah. What else are you guys known for? Like, what's your next thing that you're like, hey man, you got to have one of these in your tackle box? So the Dark Sleeper's been around for a long time. This was this is a bestseller actually in tackle warehouse. It, anywhere we go uh, in North America, we have customers coming in and telling us how many fish they catch on this. It really is like it, there's no technique that you can't do with it. it it's so it's got, we have a proprietary head in here. The jig head's already in here. The hook is in the dorsal fin, so it's hidden in so, the dorsal fin. So the jig head's in there. It's brilliant. Weird. Everything's in there. Uh, you you know, get them in different sizes yeah, and weights? Yeah, so we have a 2.4, a 3-inch, and a 3.8, I believe. Anywhere from quarter ounce all the way to one ounce, the big ones. But, you know, it's very flat on the bottom, so it's never going to turn on you when it sinks down. So it'll sink down. Uh, it'll settle on the bottom, and then you can fish it any way. You can just swim it, crawl it along the bottom. You can hop it like a jib. You could pitch it into, like, docks and trees. It's very snag-resistant. This has been around for a long time. It's caught a lot of fish. Like, would that be a good substitute to, like, when they're not biting a tube? Absolutely. Super slow, very natural. Can you leave that one here? No. Yeah, absolutely. Here you go. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, uh, that's for the would show. Would you consider yeah. that weedless? It, it is. Now, look, it's going to catch can some weeds. Can I see weeds. it, Nick? Let's yeah, pass absolutely. these around. Let's take a look at them. Yeah, you can't you can't throw that into the thickest cover. You can throw it into pockets, but you know, like I said, guys will use it in many different out. ways. Uh, what do you mean, check that out? Do you know how many of those I yeah. own? I know. Nick's giving up the juice. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I did this episode for selfish reasons, right? Just so I can learn. But you're right because you're giving up the juice, man. So. Yeah, that, that's a and it's it works everywhere. Inland lakes, the, the the Great Lakes. I get people message me all the time. I use that dark sleeper. It's all I catch my fish on. Lake Simcoe. It doesn't matter. Clear, dirty water. It all works. Uh, then we came out last year with uh, the sleeper gill. Now, this one I do know about. Okay. So yeah. this is three three quarter ounce head. It actually it allows you, because it's so heavy, it allows you to cast it very far. It doesn't feel like a three quarter ounce bait in the water. So far, the little, because I'm, I'm mostly a smallmouth guy, this tends to be really good around weeds. Really good. I would... Pin it more as a largemouth bait, not to tell you that you're not going to catch a smallmouth on it because smallmouth eat bluegill. But 
this is a real special bait for largemouth. There are many different ways to fish it like that, but what I found with this one that's really cool is what I like to do is cast it on the edge of like shallow weeds or like clumpy weeds with rock or sand. I'll whip it out there. I'll let it sink for a sec, and I start reeling it. So picture this thing swimming above a fish's head. What I like to do is reel it real quick so that it comes out of the water. It breaks the surface, the tail flaps, and then I kill it. Gotcha. So it just looks like a spooked. The the profile is exactly like a small little bluegill. Do you know how many people just stopped? Rewinded yeah. that 15 seconds and listened to that again. Yeah, yeah. Listen, how does folks, he do it? It's Nick fire. Is, Nick is giving you guys yeah. stuff that he took years. Like, these guys took years to figure out. Yeah. Listen to this. Like, listen, like, that is awesome. And it must work, because I'm telling you right now, I don't know if you can see it on the camera, but there is actually line tied to that yeah, one. So he's cut that off a rod <laughs> yeah. to show you guys. Yeah, and again, same thing. The hook is 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 uh, embedded into the, um, into the dorsal fin. The bite is good. The hookup ratio is really good. The only thing I like to do with this, if you look at it, the hook is bent in a little bit. I'll just mm -hmm. take a pair of pliers and just bend it out ever so slightly. You're talking about a millimeter or two. You're just going to get a better hookup ratio, but it's a fun bait. I'll throw it on like 14-pound floral. I've caught some big largemouth on. I've had had it where like two or three will come up and try and eat it at the same time, chasing the bluegill. So that was the bait after that. And then this year we How just— How durable are they? Yeah, so it's— I was just about to ask it's that. It's pretty durable, I'll tell you. There has been some— issues with the let's say they're not issues but the dorsal fin because the plastic is so thin it'll tend to every once in a while it'll it, you know after you've caught a few fish it'll fold underneath so you know it's just a matter of just giving it a little stretch and flapping well, it that's back no up. big deal it's not a big deal as far as the tail and everything else durability i've caught pike on it it's good so do you really think good. this is a question for all of you do you guys think like people put too much emphasis? How do you say that word? Help me. Emphasis. Thank you. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> so it happens every okay. episode. Yeah. I can't say spaghetti, banana, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, I feel like people are always like, "Oh, these baits are the most durable." It's on buying them, and they're sacrificing durability for action or that's motion right. or whatever. So that's what I'm seeing lately. Like, I don't mind buying a few extra packs and going for a few more baits if I'm catching fish. Like, when does the average consumer say, "Hey, that bait's done its job"? Those right. five, caught five fish, like throw it at, right? One, right? But they're always like, I've been fishing. Like I listen to guys brag about how long they've had something tied on their rod. It's like, dude, you really think it's working the same way it was working? Like, you know? Well, with the Vision 110s, I've got so many of them. Like when, when the paint starts to come off, them, <laughs> I use them for pike fishing. Yeah. Right? yeah. I love them. I know. Pike. Yeah. They're I great. Yeah. Nick, Fantastic. Like, when that, uh, when, I, it might sound stupid, but I know, bef like, in my past when we were working on bikes and stuff, if we had an O-ring or something that was getting warped oh, or something, yeah. that we would boil it. Yeah. And then take it in, and it would take its original shape. Yeah. Of, yeah. Have you ever tried anything like that? Honestly, I haven't. I've heard some people say that they do. I've never really tried it. Um, but, at, you know. Look at how the color pops. Yeah. Well, oh, that's a good looking bait. And mm -hmm. what's the retail on something like that? I think the retail here is, I know in the States they're like, uh, I think they're here like $12.99 or oh, 11 that's cheap. It's not, you know, it's durable. You're going to catch 20, 30 fish on it, not a problem. It, it feels durable. Like it doesn't yeah. feel like if I'm paying whatever that is, say it's 17 bucks Canadian, yeah. I feel like I got my money's worth. That's yeah. cheaper than a yeah. bag of Sankos from Canadian Tire. You're yeah. probably going to get it bit is. off by yeah. a pike before it gets destroyed. Yeah, that's exactly right. right? Yeah. Yeah. Like that's a dynamite bait. Yeah. And then this year we came out, so in the same family, we have uh, this little baby right here we call the Sleeper Craw. So again, same thing, proprietary head. We played around with this quite a bit for a year trying to get the plastic right because we were, it was working like you'd catch a fish right away, but it would, you know, the claw would break. Now they'd be, you know, we, we've changed up the, 
the plastic and it's really good now, very durable. So same thing, the head is on the inside. It's just a tie and go. It's very flat on the bottom. This is a five, eight ounce bait. It Because of its flat bottom, it sinks very slow and natural. And that's what we try to do. Like with our baits, we really try and get that natural look on them, particularly in clear water. You know, in dirty water, you can get away with a lot of stuff. But when it's clear, those fish will see it coming down. It's got to look good. So it'll fall down. When it hits the bottom, it has that attack mode. So you can see the head's flat on the back. So as you pull it, it grabs the bottom and lifts up. There's air in the uh, in the pincers, so it stands up like it's in fighting mode. That's yeah, cool. Now, I played with this bait. Yeah. This bait is amazing. We'll take a thing. video of that. Remind me after. We'll just shoot yeah. with club close. So we can put it into the clip here. But that is wild. It's incredible. I, mean, I w- this is the one I was most excited about, just because. Look, smallmouth, largemouth eat a lot of crayfish in our lakes up here, especially early into like late in the in the summer. This is a big thing that they eat. You could see the the hook is inside. Hookup ratio is ultra good on this. The one tip I can give guys is that, again, this is like a jig. So you can take it and pitch it into docks and trees and stuff like that. This thing is very, very snag resistant. I threw it into some cribs, busted up logs, rocks, all kinds of stuff. I never lost one. Did not get one. Now, it'll get stuck. I give it a little pop and it Mm -hmm. pops free. But I never lost one on any cover. Very, very good. Uh, You can throw it into anything. Um... What was I saying? I was just about to say something. Yes, the rod. Everybody, what the initial take on it is, okay, it's like a jig. I'm just going to get a jig rod. So they use like an extra fast, you know, 7.2, 7.375, whatever, whatever your favorite rod is. What I found with this bait is that you want, with all the sleeper baits, you want a rod that's got a deeper bend down that belly. It's kind of hard to understand why you can't wrap your head around it. But I found like I use like a... I use, uh, it's like a high-end mega bass rod called Evolution Super Diablo Spec R. It's almost like a, you'd call like a chatterbait rod, you know? So it's like a, it's like fast, medium fast. There's some good bend down that belly and then it's all power. But I find the hookup ratio by going to a softer tip, which a lot of North Americans, particularly the Canadian guys that are used to throwing jigs and stuff like that, they really like those extra fast, stiff rods it doesn't work very well with this kind of bait. You end up missing a lot of fish. So I think that deeper bend just allows that fish to suck it in better. And they always get hooked right up on the roof of their mouth. And it just gets pinned there because you got so much plastic. He can't really shake it. It's got nowhere to go. The hookup ratio is fantastic. I went out with my wife to do some shooting on this on Lake Simcoe. I, I caught nine fish, hooked every one of them. Really? To the boat, yeah. That's really awesome. Good. Can I see that one? Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I'm just like, yeah. I'm like a kid in a candy shop right and, now. And again, that's like, you know, to me, like the best setup is like 12 to 14 pound fluorocarbon, depending on your rod. I wouldn't really go heavier than that unless you're getting into real gnarly stuff. It just goes straight shop. fluorocarbon and it, it's, a, it's a fun bait. And, you know, all our baits come in a ton of different colors, so you can match whatever you're doing. And then I always have, I'm not sponsored by Spike It, but those Spike It markers, I have them in my boat all the time. And I'll put a little chartreuse or a little black or whatever I'm doing to try and match that. I really love matching the hatch when it comes to stuff on the bottom. So one thing I'm noticing about, um, and it's probably not just Mega Bass, it's all companies. But guys, when we're looking at, I'm not going back to price because we all make expensive stuff. You mm-hmm. know, like companies I rep, like Evergreen, phenomenal baits, right? Yep. You know, higher end stuff, whatever. But People aren't realizing, yeah, they're buying a piece of plastic, but they're also buying like the weighted jigs already in there. The hooks that you're not buying, that's right. You're not buying any terminal tackle to hook it. You know what I mean? Like you already got it all included. So you're really just buying a one piece shop. Like you're rigging times down in half. You're yeah. tied on and go. 
And I, I think that's one thing that a lot of people are forgetting. Like I'm I'm after seeing and out of the package now, I'm understanding what you guys are paying for. Yeah. I, I totally am like You're I'm, going to Pro Tackle tomorrow, aren't I, you? I was already there today. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, I'm already on the website. I have a cart full. Like it's gonna be okay, what do you say? Okay, yeah. Oh, here we go. Peep one, two. I got one for Sean. Yeah? I didn't I only did twos, I didn't do threes. All right. Sorry, buddy. It's okay. <laughs> I'll use my prize money. Uh, there's no prize money in OBN, is there? Uh, no, from the weekend. Oh, oh, you, you got know. second. Oh. oh, did you get second? So in I got a dirty? second and a third. It's like yeah, the first place loser. I know. Yeah. Like I've been bridesmaid, but that's my. F- that's four seconds in a row, and now bridesmaid, right? Are you scared? I was talking to Sean earlier. I said bridesmaid four in a row, and now I got third. So now I'm the flower girl. Yeah. Like See, what? The I heck? think you got to go back the other way. <laughs> I know, right? Turn I went the totally way. the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. But there's a story behind why I had a bad day. But we won't get into that on here. No. So another thing too, like for for guys getting into this, J, I call it JDM, yeah. Mega Bass craze. Yeah. It seems like I'm way more soft baits than we feel, for lack of a better term. It's always been kind of like hard bait, hard bait, right? Yeah. But like you guys are just coming up more and more and more. I was looking at one here, I, I lost it. But like for example, even like your frog. Yes. Like, tell me about this big. I don't know if you have one or not, but this big gabbit. big gabbit. Yeah, dude. Sean, yeah. we should have had this yesterday. I don't know this damn flies down. Yeah, here. you Sorry, know they guys. call Kyle Carruthers uh, wish. Yeah, you wish. Yeah, right? he'll be wishing he never yeah. made this bet. He's, he's <laughs> the white, the white ish. There you go. Right? Yeah, it's been around for a while. I mean, uh, I think we that bait's been out now for at least five or six years. Great little bait. Throw it around a lot when I get out to G Bay. I don't do it often, but when I go to G Bay, I just want to fish largemouth, and I literally will bring a jig. Uh, you know, one of those sleeper sleeper gills, maybe a. Uh, um, a, uh, whatchamacallit, a frog, and I'm good to go. I, I love hitting them on top. So here's the one I was looking for, sorry. Mm-hmm. Bottle shrimp. Oh, the bottle shrimp. Yeah, I'll post a picture of this yeah. too, people to see. So yeah. if, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, we appreciate it, and we know that's where most of you are getting it, but please go to YouTube and watch this episode. I'm going to try to put all these images in. You're going to see what Nick's talking about. Yeah. Bottle shrimp. Tell me about this one. Yeah, so the bottle shrimp is like a, a plastic, uh, it's a plastic bait that obviously looks like a, cray, a crayfish. So what I found on that one, you can use it as a trailer, but where I think it really excels is if you want like a slimmer profile, I'll put it on a football head and cast it out there around rocks and, you know, mixed gravel, weed stuff. And, you know, just the same thing. So that head gets on the bottom. Uh, it lifts up as you're dragging it. And those, those uh, the arms or the tentacles, they're very thick and there's a lot of weight to them. So you get a lot of this kind of motion going. Uh, it's a phenomenal bait, and they come in two sizes. I know they come in more, but yeah, there's a they, four inch for sure. Yeah, there's a yeah. F- it used to be a five inch. I think we don't have the five inch anymore. Tons of colors in it. Like yeah, there's over there's a dozen colors or something, yeah. roughly ten or something. But yeah, you know, we brought in um, Kenta, one of the pros, the the elite pros. We brought him in to just specialize in our soft plastics to kind of get that transition from the Japan to the U.S. market and come up with some new stuff. We get a lot of great stuff like the Hasdong Shads have been like a. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we don't know. We can not talk about We cannot talk about that thing here. Yeah. No. Yeah. We cannot. But, yeah, that. Yeah. 
It's time oh, for you to go on. now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. No, but phenomenal babe. But yeah. told you this was a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> so like, see, I was I, I was telling some of the guys you were coming on the show, and I couldn't tell if they're like happy because they're gonna sell a bunch of baits or mad because yeah. guys are gonna be <laughs> on them, right? So I'm on the website though here. And your guys' video stuff, like right there, that last bait we talked about there, mm-hmm. the the shrimp or sorry, the bottle, bottle shrimp. shrimp. Yep. You guys got videos on how to like Nico rig it, absolutely. Flip and pit, like you guys got everything here. We do. So, the 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 website was actually worked on. I would say that it was some improvements, like really big improvements made about three four years ago, and we work on that. So a lot of content in there. Uh, you know, we do a great job with our videos, with our you know teaching anglers in at every level how to fish our stuff where to fish it you know what kind of equipment i mean the one thing that you know what i found when i was doing these sort of on the water lessons and stuff like that and dealing with seminars i think the biggest thing that a lot of anglers don't look at is their setups you know they just worried about where the fish are and what bait they're going to throw but they don't you don't realize the importance of your setup you know a lot of guys say, why do you have 10 rods and we always say well you can't use a hammer where you got to use a screwdriver and all that makes sense. But we spend a lot of time tweaking our rods for specific stuff. Now, having said that, it doesn't mean that if I'm using, let's just say I'm using like a Diablo spec R, like I said, and, and that's like a chatterbait rod and it makes a great chatterbait rod, but it also makes a great swim jig rod. It also makes a great swim bait rod. Uh, it also makes a great large, uh, topwater hard bait rod because of that deeper bend it doesn't have that fast tip when you're throwing you know um, treble hooks you want to have a deeper bend so it gives that fish a chance to get a bigger bite you know I always say that resistance at the tip is really key a lot of guys don't realize that with a swim bait they throw like real stiff rods and they're like I'm missing fish or I'm losing them that tip fights that that bait so that bait's working through the water first of all you don't get the same action if you have a, a, a tip that's doing this, then it allows that bait to wobble the way it should. If there's resistance on that and you're reeling it like this, that tip's going to add so much resistance to the bait, it's just not going to allow it to do what it wants. So everything is done for a reason. The better setup you have for your for the bait that you're throwing, the more fish you're going to catch. Now, that might only add one or two fish, but I've said this before, whether you're fishing tournaments or a weekend and you're a weekend angler just fishing for fun, one or two fish make a difference. Is there oh, a yeah. section? Is there a section on the website that would tell you what kind of rod is recommended for each bait? Mm. And if not, why not? It, if you go to the rods, if I'm not mistaken, go to the rods. I believe there is. Like I know we we get a catalog, and it'll say what this rod is good for. It'll say like jerk bait, spinner bait, whatever, and give you a list of that. I'm pretty sure that's in the website. Having said all that, like if you're looking to get into a mega bass rod, our dealers are so good, especially our like our top dealers here in Canada. They're so well versed about our product. They know everything. Like make get a call in, call them up, tell them what you're looking for, and they'll point you in the right in the right direction. We have a lot of rods out there from the Levantes to the Double X to the Destroyers. They're all different. They even know some of the the models are the same. So we have a Diablo Spec R and a Levante. And the double X, because the double X is is a higher grade graphite, it's going to react differently for them from the Levante. So the Levante is going to be better in some cases. The double X, so we can really lock you in to the rod that you're looking for. And again, I always tell people if you're if you want to be a better jerkbait fisherman, for example, get the equipment that's going to help you be better. Now you I was know? talking more like not from rod to bait, but bait to rod. 
Or like is it, on is the it, back of the package, like throw this yeah. on. Or is it too much no. personal preference? Yeah, that you, so it's like a golf club. Everybody has different. You know flex. what I'm saying? Hundred yeah. percent. So yeah, let's talk about that for a second, right? It, everybody's a little bit different in how they fish, how they work a jerk bait. For example, if we use jerk bait or whatever, use a crank bait. Sometimes there is specific. Look, if you want to throw a deep dive and crank bait, I don't care who you are. You need to throw that on a long rod that's got a lot of bend. You can't say, "Hey, I love throwing it on a extra fast seven foot rod." You might love it, but it's the wrong rod, and it's not doing you any good. Uh, but when it comes to certain things, you can kind of there are some some differences. You know, Sean's a bigger guy than me. He's going to want a bigger rod than I. You know, maybe my six five is just going to be too small for him. He's going to feel it. It's like it just feels like I, you know I'm not getting that feel. It's too light for me. So he might want to go to a, a one ten special that six eleven a little bit bigger. That six eleven might feel like the six five does to me. So so when you're when you're uh, when you're jerking you're Tip down, right? Tip down or tip to the side. It all depends. I mean, you know, the thing is, if I'm trying to keep that bait up, then I'm going to go tip at 10 o'clock. You know, if I don't want yep. it to reach the, the levels, and that's the thing, you can, that's the beauty thing about the, the, the jerk bait. There's so many different ways that you can take one jerk bait and tweak it to do different things, different heights, different depths. Um, it's just a fun, but, you know, I'm always looking at that, depending on what I'm trying to do. If I'm trying to, you know, jerk that bait down, get it to its max depth. I can't use a 611. It's too long. I'm just going to be slapping water yep. or I got to be in uh, Kyle's walleye boat is the only way I'm going to be able <laughs> to do that. Yeah. Nice. No, that's, that's, that's awesome. Man, like there's so much stuff like, but we're going to get into some questions here because we're going to we're be talking baits all night. Yeah, but, yeah. So you can, you're, I would consider you, I know you can fish everything, but you've always kind of came off as your smallmouth guy. Am I wrong in that yeah, assumption? No, you're always, no. You spend a lot of time on big water. Yeah. You're guiding. So I had one question. It was, you're showing up to a new lake for the first time. Mm-hmm. You're looking for smallmouth. Mm-hmm. Where are you starting? Like you looking at, besides looking at your charts, like what, what are you rigging up? Where are you going? What's your search bait? How are you yeah. doing this? Right. So um, when I'm now, it depends if I'm if I'm going out. If I figure a time of year is is important. So if it's early in the year. You think about how a fish moves from from one part of the lake to the other. You know, early in the summer, I'm going to be looking near spawning flats. So I'm going to look at all these bays that may have some sand or rock. You know, I use Google Earth. I'm going to try and get to that first drop-off or second drop-off. Try and find something close because they're probably going to be around there somewhere. As the year progresses, excuse me, I'll go a bit deeper, you know, we start getting into like 20, 30 feet. Now, the thing is about the smallmouth bass, like probably the largemouth, every lake has its little secret that a lot of times, unless you know somebody, it's hard. Like, there, look, take Simcoe, for example. Those fish stay shallow all year. Like, do you know anybody that's fishing in 30, wa- in 30 feet of water in the summertime? Why? Like, I can go to Lake Ontario and catch them in 30 feet, but if, if you were new to that lake and you went in August or late July... As a bat, as a smallmouth fisherman, you'd be fishing deep. You'd be looking at all those shoals, outside edges, deep points, and there's a crap load of it. But there's very little fish out there. Now yeah. they they are pelagic and they do follow bait fish and all that stuff. I don't get into that. Like you can't target that, but they are shallow. Lake Ontario, there's a mix. They'll come shallow, they'll go deep. But I'm gonna start off with search baits. You know, if I'm in shallow, I'm gonna throw. You know, a spinner bait, a swim bait, something, a chatter bait, something that I can cover water. All I want to do at that point is just get a fish to follow to the boat so I can go and look where was he sitting? What is he fish sitting on? Remember the first time I went to Lake, to Lake Ontario? I 
progressed from Simcoe, and I'm like, I'm gonna go to Lake Ontario, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna have them. Like, I'm gonna own that lake. Dude, I went for three days. I caught two fish. Wow. It's such a giant lake. And you go into a bay, like I went into a bay, I can't remember the bay, and it took me two days to fish it, and I caught like, I think I had one or two fish out of there. Then I found another fish on the third day, and I was so dejected. But, you know, what I found is that... And now? Yeah, now it's... You own that lake. I don't... I I, I wish I could say I own it. I think think two brothers own that lake. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, the thing is out there is that you know, it took me a while to understand what to look for. And once you understand what to look for, then you start, then you start growing. But the only way to do that is to cover some water. You know, the problem is with a lot of the Great Lakes, sometimes you get set back because you can throw a chatterbait all day, but if they're not in the right mood, they'll, they won't even follow it. So a lot of guys get to real finesse techniques like the small marabou jig and, you know, but that takes a certain rod. Mm. You just can't throw that on anything. It's super light. You can't cast it far. You can't fish that bait fast. You can't possibly cover water. But to fish a new lake, to me, you got to fish fast. Just get an idea, something that looks good. If I can cover nine out of ten, if two of us went on a lake that we didn't know, big lake, and you went and fished a Ned rig, and I started with a chatterbait and said, okay, for one day we're going to go out and see what happens. Look, you might catch a couple of fish. But there's a possibility that the amount of time it's going to take you to fish, say, a mile stretch with a Ned rig, I could probably cover times 10. Yeah, you're not going to be able to fish on you the same boat. Not. No, 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 no. No, you're out, buddy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're yeah, done, yeah. 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 yeah, like I have a buddy in the back that just does whatever, but he can't because I'm, I have that trolling motor on seven, and I'm looking and just casting a chatterbait, a spinnerbait. I just want to fish to come to the boat so I can go over there and check out what they're fishing, what they're, lo- what they're sitting on, what they're looking for. Every lake's different. Some fish like sand, some fish like rock, something like rock weeds. I, I can't tell you how many different Great Lakes I've gone to, and they're all different in their own way. They're similar in the end, but different. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I think, too, like, everybody gets to, like, stuck. I'm, I'm going to speak from experience. I get stuck in my ways, right? And, I'm and you know, being an average leveling, or I guess would be the proper word, I'm like, well, this worked on this lake last weekend, so I'm right. going to this lake and I'm doing the same thing. And it doesn't, or it fishes differently, or I just got to stop being so stubborn and go tie something else on, or like you said, switch the setup or, or this or that. And right. I think that's one part of fishing that people just aren't focusing on hard enough. It's like, hey, you're either like the complete gear geek and you have no problem spooling reels every weekend, right. switching line weights and doing all that stuff where that guy's like, hey, this thing is lined, it's sticking like that for the year, and that right. bait's never coming off that's that rod. Right. That's right. And that's where I feel like guys, you know, and I see it because when we're at stores selling, they're like, I need a drop shot rod. And and they and I think people and, and to no fault of their own, it's the only way to do it. It's like building a set of golf clubs. You need a putter. You need your irons. You need your drivers. And they're like, hey, I need my drop shot now. I need my jerk bait rod. And, you know, and then eventually right. it evolves and you got four drop shot rods, all a little different, though. Yeah. Right. And, you, and and I think that's where where a lot of us like me, I just like I know I need to cut that off i know i need to switch yeah. to collar but i'm like whoa what do you mean I, like it just that, i gotta i gotta yeah. execute and react better quicker you know you know what i'm saying is that making sense it, it is listen most guys especially like the weekend warrior they get on something and then they want to go back there all the time because they have a short time on the water and they want to catch fish but they're not doing themselves any any good because you've wasted a day that you could have learned something new and listen, I was when I was young, I had a spot on Rice Lake. 
that was like, I mean, it was money. You could pull in there from September all the way to November and catch 23 to 28 pounds in like half an hour. Oh, sorry, so did I, you say Rice Lake? Yeah, Rice right. so <laughs> no. no, it's dead now. No, you can't no, catch yeah, yeah. no third-hand information. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we can't, yeah, we can't information rules. And yeah. the only thing we threw was, was a tube because we just had it in our brain that that's all they did. I remember when we first started fishing it, it was like a, we used to throw a flipping jig with a three-quarter like three ounce flipping jig and a Big Daddy pork and thought, man, that's all they'll eat. And they would eat that. Then we got into the tube somehow. We're like, oh, yeah, the only thing they'll eat is a tube. But what we found is over the years, the more stuff that we started expanding on, and I stepped back from, I'm like, you know, we said they wouldn't eat that, but they do. We said they wouldn't eat that, but they do. So what I would do now, instead of just trying to do what I was good at, I tried to take out what I wasn't good at. I didn't like crankbaits. So I would take two rods and fish a crankbait all day long and suffer through it. And I suffered through it. It's terrible. You know, I'm like, I know I can go there and catch a fish on a jig, but I'm going to throw this crankbait because I want it to be better. I want it to get that feel because there might be a time that a crankbait might be needed. And if I don't know how to fish it and I don't have the confidence, you're never going to throw it. Same thing with the topwater, the jerkbait. I used to throw jerkbait all the time and I didn't throw anything else. I did it because I loved it, but I realized to be a better angler, if I want to be a better smallmouth guy, more consistent, I have to learn how to throw a drop shot, a Ned, a spy bait, a hair jig. That's how you get like... There was always the question when I was young. I remember Denny Brower, David Fritz. Denny Brower was known as the jig guy. David Fritz is known as the crankbait guy. So the Bassmasters always threw this question up. Was it better to be really good at one bait or be just good uh, like an overall angler? And there's no question in my mind you're better off being a better overall angler. You're going you're gonna to be able to use different baits in different situations Look, at the end of the day, a lot of smallmouth guys are really just drop shot guys. That's all they throw. And, you know, more times than not, in the Great Lakes, you could probably get away with it. But there are situations where having something else might get you an extra fish or two. And I've said it before, all tournaments are all about is an extra fish or two. That's what separates one from the other. Oh, look what the fish could have done for us yesterday. Yeah. Right. Or, right? Or, you know, it's, and you look even at the thousand island opens, like those weights, right? And it's even harder when you're not doing five fish at those, you're doing four. That's right. But, but, you know, we have, we have way more people listening to this that are just weekend warriors or they're not yeah. tournament anglers at all. And I've, from our surveys, I've got that. People come to the can cast and that's awesome. But everything we talk about on here about tournament fishing, it goes into fishing every day. Whether you're competing with Absolutely. someone else or you're competing with yourself or trying to get your personal best, whatever. But one fish can make your day. Of course. It can go from like we had a slow morning to I caught a five pounder, four and a half pound large, whatever, and your day, man, that was awesome. That's well, now you got your confidence back. Confidence, you know, you got right? your That's right. let's yeah. get after I'm it. Back, yeah, so let's do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So when how long would you give, and this is a hard question, but somebody posted, I'm trying to word it where it makes sense. Okay. Practice. You're in practice, fish bite, or you do whatever you do. Or you're not, st- but however you pre-fish, you pre-fish. You go back to that spot the next day. They're not there anymore. They're not biting. You maybe get one, you maybe get two. How long do you sit on the money before you move? Are you I the kind of guy that picks up and goes? Yeah. Or are you the kind of guy that goes, hey, I'm camping out on this spot. I know they're here. I'm going to sit here, wait for their feeding <clears throat> window, and it might be in three hours, but I'm here when it happens. Yeah, I mean, you know, live, live scope has changed the way we fish nowadays, um, you know, for the guys that have it. If you don't have it, when we didn't have it, um, I would I would make key casts from my, you know, side imaging. I know that I'm casting to certain stuff. I have not marked. 
if I'm not getting bit and I've tried a couple different things and I'm not seeing any bait fish on my 2D sonar and there just isn't any life there, I'm out. I don't waste any time. You know, I learned something really from the Johnsons and it wasn't from talking to them. It's just watching them on the water. And I'm not a watcher. I'm very focused in what I'm doing. But when you're hanging around a bunch of guys that are just going around winning tournaments all the time, you tend to kind of, you know, maybe look up for a second or two. Yep. And uh, they never stay anywhere long. I mean, no. they're just fishing real specific stuff. Now, a lot of that comes from just their time on the water. They have so much time. They're so good. Both of them just, like, swarm around. But it did kind of get me to, like, speed up. And I have a, my, my buddy is so slow. Like, it drives me mental. So when he's on the trolling motor and I'm like half my hair is gone. You saw me 10 years ago, dude. I had a fro. It's all <laughs> and 90% of it is me pulling my hair out because he's just way too slow. I'm like, I can't. We got to go. Like find the biter. So there's two trains of thought. You might sit on a spot and they might show up or maybe they're real. They're just off, but you pluck one off here and there. It could work. But for me, I'm just going to run around and try and find as many biters. Again, conditions play a role too. If it's super rough. Whether I'm just fishing on a weekend or I have a day, I'm not going to drive around in five-foot waves and pound the boat. I'll settle down somewhere and just kind of scope around and do the best I can. But for me, I'm looking for activity. There's active fish somewhere. We've always said it. When you had a really bad day, somebody catches them all the time. Yep. All the time. Right? Yep, it happens. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think it's just that fishing is changing, right? It's evolving, and it's no different than... The hockey sticks that worked 20 years ago, some became a better hockey stick. Baseball bats, right? That's a huge example and stuff like that. But you hit that nail on the head. Stuff that worked 10, 15 years ago, those fish aren't, they're educated, right? Yeah. I, you seen anything come back though? Like, hey, this worked really good 15 years ago, died off for a bit, now it's come back. Or are we just evolving bait so much that we have to continuously just bring something new to the market? Look, it, you... You know, the, the market is like anything else. It's it's like the electronics just keep moving, right? So there are always new baits coming out. Uh, it's important to play with them. But look, the tube's been around forever. It catches fish. Tube. Here's a good one. Yeah. Okay. So uh, three-inch tube, three-and-a-half-inch, whatever. Mm -hmm. Now guys doing mini-tubes, two-and-a-half-inch mm -hmm. this. And some guys already now are saying you don't need you only need a mini-tube. That's yeah. all they're going for now. Yeah. What's your opinion on that? No. No. I'm... Uh, I'm a firm believer that uh, a bigger tube, like the traditional three and a half, three and whatever it is, three and a half, three and a quarter, they, they still catch fish. I mean, at the end of the day, that fish mimics, I mean, that bait mimics a small uh, bait fish, a crawfish on the bottom, fish eat it. So as long as they're eating small bait fish on the bottom and a crayfish, they're going to eat a tube. A lot of times it comes down to how you're fishing it. Uh, you know, color selection, look, you know, I don't put a lot of stock when it comes to bottom stuff. To me, it's like, look, if you have a, a dark one and a green one, you're good. So match the hatch kind of match the hatch. Stuff. That's what they want. You know, I remember I was out with an, with an elite pro and we were chatting about the drop shot and like a tube or a net or whatever. And his theory was that he felt like sometimes when they're on the bottom, like feeding down, because you, you have this drop shot and there's like, no, they're feeding down. They won't eat a drop shot. And I'm thinking to myself, well, if I take the drop shot and drop it, that bait's going to fall to the bottom. Why won't they eat it? Yeah. Uh, I think the thing is, is that the drop shot, you're always pulling it and it lifts up. When you throw a tube or a net and it goes to the bottom and sits down there in that smooch or, you know, that small grassy stuff around the rock, it kind of almost disappears. And the fish goes down there and looks at it. And because they don't get a great look at it, they tend to want to eat it more when they're not super aggressive. So when they're like that, I like a bottom bait, like a tube, a net, a shaky head, something like that. 
when they're up off the bottom, then the t- then the drop shot is definitely a better bait. But I I try to do that now. Now with our electronics, a lot of that shows up. Like you don't even need to think about it. It you see it. This drop shot leader length. Yeah. Um, how do you know besides weeds and what you got to? Mm-hmm. When are you like I'm gonna shorten this up, wait mm-hmm. a little closer to the bait, bring it like is it, when you're looking at the fish feeding down, are you looking at that live scope information? Yeah. Yeah, like if you're a reader, uh, readers, listeners, elaborate yeah. on that a bit. Yeah, so if you, if you're fishing with a live scope, I'm always looking at bait fish and position of the fish. If I don't seeing a lot of fish, but I know they're there, or I see them pop up and come back down, I know they're down low. I shorten that lead, right? So I'll go down to maybe even as low as five inches from the bait. That way, when I'm working it, I'm popping it. I'm trying to again with a drop shot. The key is is you want to keep the the weight down. And you just want to move the bait. When you jerk it all up and down, it just gets too crazy. I've seen it when I'm sight fishing. If a fish comes over and looks at it and I give it a couple like hard twitches, nine out of ten times they just swim away because it doesn't look natural to them. So what I'm trying to do is keep the weight contact on the bottom and just move the bait very slightly. So if I want less movement, I go short lead. If I feel like they're up and they seem to be swimming around more, or I'm making long casts, then I go to a longer lead. So if there's like suspended more in the water column, do you mm-hmm. find like they're more hitting reactions, like getting it on the drop or they're coming down? Like, yeah, they'll go down for it too. Like, you know, then of course, again, with the live scope, because you see them, the whole key is to get that bait as close to the fish. If you miss that fish nine out of 10 times, unless they're super aggressive, they won't go down for it. But almost always, if they're eating, and you get that bait by them, they'll go down and eat it. So like we were on the St. Lawrence this weekend. I was not in the Thousand Islands Open, but mm-hmm. me and Tim went up and did some fun fishing. And and I always learn a lot when I fish with Tim. He's not mm-hmm. a good smallmouth guy. And it was that same thing. Like we throw him, basically hit the thing on the forehead right in front of him. And if not, get it out of there yeah. and reposition and do it again because right. they're just they just they wanted it right in front of them. And right. we were it was live scoping all day. Yeah. And hey, a guy like me, I love it. Keeps me in business. We sell them, right? you yeah. know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But it's just I'm sure it's, you do. It is uh, they sell themselves. They, but, they, they do. Yeah. But, yeah. No, no. I just mean like it's we stare at that screen so much now. It's insane. Like it's, it's totally changed. Different sport. Yeah, I remember one day last fall, I I left my battery. So I have a small lithium battery that I have in the front, and I take it out, charge it, bring it back in. And we were doing some stuff with uh, the Mega Bass rep up here, and. We were only five minutes away from the ramp, and I'm like, oh, I left my battery back at the cottage. He's like, ah, oh, let's, let's fish today without it. Yeah. No. no problem. I do it all the time. Sure, we used to do it all the time. We'd go out there, and it's just like these fish are on such specific stuff. I could, but I don't have the patience to be calm enough to do it. Now I'm like antsy because I don't know exactly how those fish are positioning on the stuff. You can drive over them with 2D, but then they kind of scatter about, and they don't, they're, not on, they're not doing the same thing anymore. You just don't know where they are. With live scope, I'm always on it. You know what you're doing. And then it's just a matter of getting that bait, getting the right bait in front of their face. And they they eat it. So it was hard. We caught fish, but it was tough. I mean, that thing just changed the way, uh, you know, I remember watching one of the first guys that had it. We didn't know what it was. We heard about it. That was back when it was just pan optics, right? That's right. It wasn't even like It wasn't even live, right? So I watched this guy come down. He puts his trolling motor down and they're just like, you know, whatever I was fishing and He's just like doing this, right? And two of them are standing up on a front deck. And my buddy's like, what's that guy doing? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe he drank too much last night or something like that. And, you know, he just kept doing this, lifted Trollman up and left. Like, what was that all about? I don't know. Maybe he lost something in the water. <laughs> like, it was shallow. Yeah, yeah. We had no idea. And we found out after. I'm like, oh, I get it now. Um, 
but I still have guys that are just old school. They have it. I have a customer that that has like a 16 inch Garmin GPS screen on the front. Paid like eight grand for it. He's got the live scope. He's got the better one. And I'm on his boat and I'm looking at him, just watching him. And he's out there, and you know, I'm looking at him like, "Hey, uh, why aren't you using your live scope?" Well, I'm using it. I'm like, "You didn't drop. You didn't even look down once. You're just casting." He's yeah. like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Why do you spend all that money if you're not going to use the technology? Yeah. Like, it's there." Yeah. So you know, if you use it, it works for you, and it's, I, I love it, man. I have a great time with it. It it's just so much fun because again, it's like it goes back to kind of a little bit of the roots, even though it's completely off what we used to do. But you know, you're thrown to a dock for a largemouth. It's a target. Right. Yeah. And I hated deep water fishing because there were no targets. You, there were, mm-hmm. but you didn't know exactly where they were. Yeah. So you kind of lose a little bit of that. I'm throwing it out there and I'm like jigging it a couple times really. But now I'm like, you know, you go largemouth fishing, you pitch that dock because you think that fish is on that piling or that stump or the edge of that weed. Now you're on that deep water. You don't know. But now live scope gives you that visual stimulation and it's. Man, Super I, lo- I love it. It's like it's, I love it too. it's no. the best thing ever. Yeah. I can't fish about it now. No, I can't. I can't. I think so I'm, now, gonna, yeah, I'm gonna get two or three. So now, when you're guiding, you're <laughs> yeah. guiding. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you, you yeah. show your clients. Do you teach them? Yes. About the live scope as well and how to use it. Yeah. So my guiding is really a little bit of both because I, I'm not a typical guide. I'm not a live bait guy. I don't have live bait in my boat. You know, if you're, I let them know right off the hop. Look, if you're gonna come in my boat, I don't know what level of angler you are, but you're gonna learn how to fish. So. For me to get them to bite, to get a bite, I have to teach them. So it's a lesson at the same time that I'm guiding them. I have to show them how to reel it, what to do with it, or else they're not going to catch any fish. If I just let them do whatever, yep. they have no idea what's going on. So they're learning something from me. They're taking something with them. And then, you know, the cool thing is, is they send me pictures after, oh, look at this fish I caught. I was doing this, or I was using that bait you told me about. I love it. You know, it, it's hard. Because as an angler, especially a tournament guy coming from tournaments, everybody's so secretive. You don't want to really give out the juice. Do you still think there's secrets in fishing? I think there's some. There, you know. Some well, you be- just gave it a whole yeah, bunch of them. Yeah, you did. You know, let's shut the show down. Let's get <laughs> no, out of No, again. Yeah. No, I, I mean, we, we've talked about it before. We did a whole episode on it. But I, I just think it's so easy for anybody to get an information, right? And it's, for, right. for example, information rules. Um, we're fishing an event this weekend. Yes, we are. We got to be careful who we talk to, what we say this, but right now we're just talking baits and, you know, we yeah. make a joke. No, about we're okay. Like, we just can't no, take no. any, but yeah. I mean, we don't I, use but, any yeah, but I mean, it's so easy to get information. Now. It is. Yeah. So like I could literally go on here and type in any lake I want. Yeah. I'm already way on YouTube. I'm yeah. already way ahead. You look at the date the video was posted. Oh, yeah. this guy was out there just last week. He's a blogger or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And you're already, you're gathering so much information. Yeah. Where do you draw the line, for, and when are we going to redefine these rules from tournament perspective, yeah, yeah. and then from a weekend warrior perspective? Like, I feel like you're just you're so much farther ahead. I think that's why the lakes well, are the getting more hit so hard. Out there, the bigger the sport's going to get quicker, right? True, yeah. for sure. Gonna, okay, Nick, I got a question grow. for you. Yeah. When you got into fishing, there was no Facebook. There was no. There was magazines, a couple shows. Yeah. Who was your mentor? Who do you say yeah. you can thank the most for being where you are today? Yeah, well, other than myself. Well, you, you and you <laughs> oh and God. Uncle Mark, stop. Yeah, uh, you know Al Linder was like that was the that like in Fisherman was the biggest influence for me. You know, and it, just they, we had a show on TV that I would record on my VHS tape. 
Yeah. You know, like if it didn't record, I it would be like the world's coming to an end. Like I remember You're I, never going to see that show again, no, right? No, you're never going to see it. You can't find it. There was no YouTube. There was mm-hmm. nothing like that. Information was hard. Like I told people like it's so funny, you know, when I was a kid, there were adults fishing and they would always be like, "Oh, when I was your age, you know, I'm like, oh, whatever. That's a typical old guy thing, right?" I didn't say that to them, but that's what I was thinking. And now I'm the old guy, right? Oh, when I was your age, man. Like the kids nowadays, they they have no clue. Because if you think about even the when I got in and the adults got in, there wasn't a whole lot of technology that was different when I started yeah. to when they were there. Yeah, maybe the rods got a little bit better, the baits have changed, but the technology when it came to electronics was not really a whole lot different. Then side imaging came out. I remember going to Rice Lake for the first time. I hadn't been there. So this is probably 1999 was the last time I fished a tournament there. And now I'm like 2007 or 2008 side imaging is out and I have side imaging and I have no waypoints on this lake. And I have a friend of mine, a good customer of mine that wanted me, he wasn't a customer, he was a customer in another business, but he wanted me to take him out and his customers out to Rice Lake. He rented a cottage. And I'm like, man, I haven't been there forever. He's like, yeah, I really need you to come. Okay, I'm going to come. So I said, look, I need a couple hours. Rice Lake's not a small lake, but when you're used to fishing the Great Lakes, it's not a big lake. Right. Yeah. So I had, you know, my side imaging. I run out there. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's the rock I had. I fished there. I'm going to mark that. Oh, yeah, up, up. I marked everything in half an hour. Came back. Let's go. And we smashed them that weekend. That's amazing. Like, absolutely and, smashed them. And that's a really good point because so many guys are stuck on live scope right now. Right. They forget to even use the side imaging. They don't even right? use it. They the side don't. imaging is still. And it's like they're always yeah. at the front of it. And now it's like, no. get on that boat, sit down, and watch. You find some crazy. Well, that's what you did on the back of the boat yesterday. So I turned on your side imaging. Uh, I think that's my first fish of the day. Not that I caught a ton of them, but um, I turned it on. I said that to you. I turned it on. I saw a little hole, a little rock. It was almost like a crack in the in the rock. Right. Cast right into it, and boom, got like that's it. Because I'm like, well, if I'm in the if I'm in the back of the boat, yeah. And I I was fishing beside Sean at the front, but what were we that we were? Why did I go to the back? There is reason for it. I was fishing a tree. You were fishing a tree. Exactly. So I went to the back and I'm like, well, I'm in the back. I'm going to turn on his graph at least so I can. Yeah, he was not, I want to see. Well, yeah, side over there. Boom. There we go. And it worked. And that's what yeah. I mean. These guys, they don't. It was all about like the side image craze and this and that. And and it's just getting better and better. And like we haven't even touched the surface no. electronics yet. No, I can't imagine. Wait, what, what we have in 10 years. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I can't even, I can't imagine what like next year will be different. There'll be more stuff coming up. seems like every year it's kind of like I remember. I, I sort of, I wasn't in the golf industry, but I was involved in it being where I was at Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment. But like every year you'd have a, cl- a driver that comes out in the spring and another one that comes out in the fall. And it was so, the the evolution of the driver and the irons were working so fast. Like guys that were crazy about it would be selling off their clubs, getting new ones next year and doing the same thing year after year after year. Fishing's kind of become that way, right? It's not to say that what you had last year is obsolete this year, but there's just always better and better and better and better. It's fast. At the end of the day, it's great for the consumer. It's great for the industry. It keeps um, the competition is so good because it keeps each company on their toes. Hundred percent. Yeah. And even though like stuff, it might be some really good stuff at great price points now. Yeah. Like you know, like Daiwa. Like we make a ton. Like you buy a Tatula XT. For hundred and twenty dollars, and you're like, that rod is freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. Of course, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, yeah. I used that thing you all day yesterday. yesterday. Yeah. And I, what I say to you, Sean? I love this rod. I love this rod. Hundred twenty. I loved it, and I caught my personal best on Simcoe with a Tatula XT and and yeah. whatever. But 
I just mean like it's still though there's still a difference though when you use a quality product. And there's only so many companies in yeah. fishing still. There's only a few that are engineering and designing, mm. not just going to China and grabbing the same That's rod right. and putting a different color on it. There's only a few of us doing it, right? That's right. Mega Bass would be one yeah. of them, Daiwa, yeah. you know, whoever. And you get, pay attention to that stuff because it's you're going gonna to get the better quality stuff. Like, And you're going to go through and go to your local dealer and, and feel stuff and talk to somebody. And, yeah. you know, I always I find it funny. And look, I'm going to be, be biased. <laughs> if I had it my way, everybody's deck's going to be full of Daiwa stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'm a Daiwa fan through and through. And we love all the brands that support the show. And we have Shimano guys come on here. And we got you, Mega Bass. That's what CanCast is. This is bringing everybody together. We're having fun. It's Canada. It's just, it's yeah. small overall. We're at, we're all buddies. Right? It is, right. Absolutely. But I, I find it funny that guys are just like, they're one or the other. Like They won't have one of this or this or that. And and you know what? I'm OCD, OCD enough, too, that I have a hard time. Like I couldn't put a even fish a St. Croix, even though they don't make real, you know what I mean? But yeah. You guys are weekend warriors. Like, go and talk to your local pro shop. Try stuff. Ask questions. Get it like, in your hands. Get it yeah. in your hands. Like, yeah. it baits well, not only that, know, it's but just... after you get it in your hand, book a trip with with Nick. Nick, yeah, like, yeah. book and a trip. So that was my ne- one of my next questions, yeah. and you beat me to it. If someone wants a guided trip with you, yeah, how do they get in contact with you? They can just reach out to me at uh, at Nick Kuzis Fishing on my Instagram. Uh, that's usually where I get it, or my Facebook. One or the other is usually where I get most of my. It's all a lot of word of mouth. Um, you know, I'm pretty full. I don't really know. I think I might have one or two trips left in the fall. I, I don't really, again, I've, I've already said I'm not the typical guide, but I'm also not a guide. I'm not full every day. I, I still like to go out and learn more. Uh, you know, I get stuff from Mega Bass all the time. I have to test new baits, new rods, and this and that. I'm really trying to figure out setups. And so I don't, I'm not out there every day. But I'm out there every day. I'm not guiding every day, but I'm uh, really it's because I want to learn. You know, a lot of times when you're a guide, especially out on the big water, you're constantly stuck with the weather. It's not I can't take a customer out in five foot waves. I, I might be able to take you guys out and say, hey, we're going out. You're used to it. But a guy that doesn't get out often, he's I'm not, not having gonna, fun. He's at that not point. having fun. Right. So I'm able the, the cool thing about it is that I'll call a cl- customer and say, hey, look, man, we're supposed to go out this Saturday. The weather looks absolutely horrible. If you can't rebook and that's what you want to do, I'm in. But it's not going to be fun for you. Yeah. It's tough. I, I could take them to the river, but you were in the river in the St. Lawrence. It's not an easy fishery. No. You just can't cast a spinnerbait and catch a fish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't. Like, there's current involved. There's stuff. If you have big winds that, that races the current more, it's a lot of drifting. You have to understand how to do it. Mm. You're snagged all the time. You're stuck all the time. So I give them the option, hey, this Saturday looks terrible, but Sunday looks good. If you can move it to Sunday, I left it open for you. So, you know, they appreciate that. I, I had a customer that booked for me in the spring, couldn't go in the spring. I said, okay, we'll move it to the fall. Couldn't go in the fall. And then I moved them to next spring. So it was almost a year that we got, we finally got out. And I'm okay with that. I want him to have a good time. I want him to experience the best, I can give him the best experience he can have. Do you ever have any issues with, um, and Mark knows what I'm talking about here. Oh you've been boy, in here we go. <laughs> You ever any issues taking guys out guiding who are reasonable anglers and marking waypoints? Yeah. And, like, do you have a yeah. no cell phone rule? Even though, like, it's so easy with landmarks yeah. to at least get your zone. But, like, guys, like, you guys make your living off this. Yeah. And you're putting hours and hours and hours yeah, and hours right. into it. And it's different if you're giving a buddy, hey, man, go out yeah. there. Here's a zone and here's a spot. But do you have, like, how do you address that? Yeah. You know what? It's not easy. I had a customer that, that did this to me. And basically, I took him back to shore, gave him his money back. 
and sent him on his way. He had his Navionics turned on and was marking everything. Um, I, I don't have a no, uh, I don't have a no sell rule. What I do is I just say, hey, look, I, first of all, I scope them out. So when somebody tries to book something, I go to their Facebook page, I go to their Instagram page, I try to find out who they're at. They get tricky because I'll have a guy that's got a buddy in Texas. And the guy from Texas calls me and says, hey, I want to do a guiding trip. Oh, he's in Texas, is great. But meanwhile, his best friend lives in Kingston, Ontario. Yeah. Right? Um, it happens a lot. I try to explain to them, hey, I spent a lot of hours, I spent a lot of money looking for this stuff. I appreciate it that you take what I've taught you, and if you're on the water, you go and find your own stuff. Mm -hmm. Can I tell you to avoid this area? I can't. Can I tell you to not come here again? I can tell you. Uh, it, there's no law against it. I just hope that you respect, respect and understand thing. what it took me to find this, and you keep it to yourself. If you have to come here, I can't say no, but I prefer you go find your own stuff. I'm giving you all the tools because to get him to catch that fish, I have to explain everything. I can't hide it. Yeah. I can't just say, oh, cast over there. They know. Yeah. You know? So I, got a, I got a story. Go a, a, a mutual friend of Nick's and mine, Mike, uh, Mike Kalachi, mm -hmm. he, uh, he was out with Nick, and uh, Nick was doing a guide service with him that day, and and Mike was like, hey, Nick, well, let's, let's, let's fish over here. And Nick just looks at him. He's like, you want to fish over there? He's like, yeah, let's, let's fish right there. He's like, okay, fish over there. So Nick sits down. He's making some phone calls, replying to some emails, and Mike's fishing, 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 fishing. Fishing, 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 fishing. And Nick looks at him. He's like, are you done? He's like, well, I'm not catching any fish. He's like, exactly. He's like, why don't you leave the guiding to me? And let's go catch some fish. <laughs> right? Mike told me that story. Have you, ever, have you ever had a tournament guy try to hire you on a yeah. lake that's where there's a tournament coming up in a couple of weeks? Yeah, I don't do it. Again, you know, like I, I, I really qualify them. And uh, if I don't feel right, I just don't do it. Like I said, I'm, I'm not doing it. I'm doing it full time, but it's not full time. I probably do about... 35 guides a year a lot of them are lessons like i have some some kids now that i'm i'm teaching on the water from you know how to look for stuff the type of baits that they should use the setups how to set up their equipment their electronics all that stuff i walk through everything things that i do it teaches some stuff it's a lot of information i don't know how much they're never going to get it all but they process enough and the thing is i've said to guys you know uh, you're out on the water. I mean, a thing that happens a lot here, man, it's, it's really frustrating, but there's a lot of guys, you know, we call them the spot moochers, you know, you're on an area, they're going to come by GPS and come back. When I'm with a customer, it's hard. Like, what do you do? I can't just keep lifting that trolling motor up and going. So, you know, in certain situations, I look at, I look at the area, ah, there's three boats in the area. The problem is now with live scope and the electronics and the mapping is so good. If you think to yourself that they're never going to find it, you're wrong. <laughs> mm -hmm. They're going to find it. If they if they mark anything near you, it's a matter of time before they figure it out. They're smart. They're really good with their electronics, especially the younger generation. It's hard. What can you do? So I really try to avoid areas that have boats the most I can. But some situations, you're kind of done, right? Like, yeah. I, the guy's paid a lot of money. I got to get him out. It is what it is. I take him out and do the best I can. See guys come and I leave. And hopefully, they don't figure it out. But... So I, I got a couple more questions for you because we're mm. way over our time. You're gonna have to come back for another episode. Yeah, yeah, sure. Because this is it. like I am. We I don't even feel like we scratched the surface of what knowledge is in there. Like have you, oh, you got buddy. like this is crazy. Yeah. So one back to Mega Bass. Um, I'll, and I'll go back to the company that I represent. Uh, just 
we make a lot of great stuff that is in our Japanese market at Daiwa, mm -hmm. and we also make a lot of stuff that we make for the North American market. Right. Are you guys the same way? Yeah. Okay, so you're not just bringing it's just it's designed by for people in North America. You're trying That's to answer right. it here. Yeah, even our like our rods, so like the Levante and the Double X was 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 specifically designed for North American anglers. Uh, they wanted input from all the pros, like from me, from the from the top pros all the way down to me. We I do a lot of testing on their rods, their baits. Tell them, hey, this is what I think. This is what's good. This is what's not. And again, it's just my opinion. I write it down, but they really do listen to us. And there's a lot of feedback and questions that come back. Why I noticed that you said this. Why is that? That's the one reason that when I went to Mega Bass, I, you know, I was at Shimano. Went to Mega Bass. So Shimano as a kid, it was just like a you know typical discount kind of thing. This was a good opportunity for me from a smaller company that I would I would there would be more input, and I love it. I'm not I don't want to be a backseat guy. I want to be on the front. I want to be able to give my input. I think I put a lot of time on the water, and you know there's some feedback that I can give them that'll help them. I understand yep. a lot of the nor I've been around in the industry part time to full time for the last like 35 years, so I can you know 30 years anyways. So there's input I can give, and I, and I love that I can do that, and it really helps them. Um, it, we we do everything, and now our rods, like even, so that North American rod, even when we went to the high-end destroyer, we had our destroyers, then we have Destroyer USA. So again, we've taken those models from the the uh, entry-level stuff up to the higher-end stuff. Obviously, graphite components are much different, but specifically designed for the North American angler, you know, bigger, beefier stuff and then we've mixed in some of that jdm stuff which a lot of the north american anglers have taken you know like mm -hmm. like i said you can't throw a marabou jig on a typical med medium light spinning rod it just doesn't work you yeah. gotta go lighter right yeah and i know i know there's a lot of guys that like you like they want to be involved in the testing like there's mm -hmm. you talk mm -hmm. to some elite guys and they're repping some of the biggest brands and they don't even get asked about stuff no they're like hey here's what you're and like and they hate that. And they're going for companies for maybe less money or whatever. They want to be involved. They want to like yeah. get that rod built the way they want. They want to work on that bait. It's 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 fun, right? It's I love it. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I get it completely. Yeah. So yeah. personal best fish, how big? Uh so my best small malt that I've weighed was eight thirty seven in the fall last year. Mm. Uh, I did get one that might have been nine, but we're not allowed to weigh them in the spring, so I couldn't, but it was it was an absolute giant. Giant. Yeah. Was that in the early? That was the early that, season. That was early season. Um, but you know, yeah, in the fall, my biggest one is an eight thirty seven. It caught um, between me and customers probably eleven over seven pounds in the last three years. Wow, smallmouth. And that's um, why you go with a guy like Nick if you need yeah. a guided trip, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Oh, big time. trip you'll never forget. Big time. Ever. I'll tell you right now. When we walk outside, I'm giving a deposit for a spring <laughs> trip next year. Yeah. No, Maybe even a fall trip this year. Too. <laughs> no, that, right? that's so he awesome. said he may have one yeah. or two days left. It's yeah. either you got one or none. So, <laughs> yeah. so we're an hour and a half in. We usually go about an hour. Nick, I can't thank you enough. We want to have you back because I want to get into. I want to take some of these stuff and we we want to get into this more details on it. I think. I know this episode is going to go over awesome because it was a, a wicked serious episode for us. We usually were laughing. This was just not because we were absorbing it. I'm looking oh, at yeah, your guys' yeah. faces, yeah. and if you watch this video back, I'm sitting here like holding my chin because I'm like, holy crap. If Nick's right? talking, we're listening. I told know? these, I got to go and rip all my stuff apart tomorrow, <laughs> redo it all, right? But this, 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 this is awesome, and we can't thank you enough, man. But, you know, we always kind of wrap it up with, we're not calling it the final thought anymore. We're going to call it the last cast. What's on your mind, Sean, before we say goodbye, everybody? Got anything you want to say? Anything? Any final thoughts to wrap up the show? Uh, Book a trip with Nick, man. There you go. That's it. Book yeah. a trip. 
Yeah. It'll change your life. Mark? Um, good luck to Kyle because you're going to need it. I'll take any. I'll take any little bit. I'll. I will take any little. No, I just. I think Nick touched on a little bit. Um, I think uh, pick up different baits. Don't be the one trick pony that I used to be. So you know, and I'm having fishing kind of started to get stale for me because I was always throwing the one bait, one bait, one bait. I I've expanded my techniques and it it's it's like it's new again yeah and i'm having an absolute bass and i'm whacking them i love it so i love yeah it. try new things don't be afraid all right so i'm gonna do this because i forgot to tell nick about this yesterday and nick brought me an awesome care package and because nick's the man and what, nick what? this is our old minnow bucket i found this in my barn when i bought oh, the farm nice. how cool is that yeah, so every cool. time a guest comes in we're gonna get him throw something and at the end of the year we're hoping to have a whole we're gonna we're gonna auction off for charity or help an angler in need that's the plan for the yeah. can cash show yeah. so i, 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 I yeah, know don't nick. put that one in there here put the box of kleenexes in no there. no I'll put, this, <laughs> I'll put this in on nick's behalf and we're gonna there right? you go so that's so nobody gets to know what that. that is yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> we can't talk about that one not this week not till after this week so but uh but no nick man it was awesome so anyone you want to thank or anything you want to like we're definitely going to have you back you have my word on that but we got to wrap this one up yeah yeah you know guys first of all i want to thank you guys for having me here i mean it's it's a big it's really important for me to be able to you know talk about product i love it i love helping anglers be better anglers honestly i know it's it's like cliche and it's said all the time but it really means a lot to me when i was a kid i was taught by a bunch of american guys that i met at rice lake when i was just camping out there with my, with my family and without those guys like those guys took me under their wings and really taught me some stuff that i would have never learned on my own particularly back then when you had nothing but like i think if you if i had to send a message i'm pretty sure i used a chisel and a rock to send it like there i don't even think pens were around back then <laughs> so it really means a lot to me i love it thank you guys for having me here and um you know uh go out there and i hope you guys do well i, I don't want to say i don't want to wish one guy more luck oh, the best the best man man needs more luck may I, the best I, man win i'll take all the luck i can get right now i've been on a bit of a slump yeah for the last decade no i haven't i got you want to you want me to start giving you some results but mm -hmm. okay <laughs> Mm -hmm. All right, you spend triple the time on the water than I do, and I'm still going to beat you. Okay. I'll take Thing that is, bet. I'll want, take that bet. And all honest, I want you to make the team. I want to make the team. I'm rooting for you. I would love for us both to make the team. That how, would many, be fun. how many guys make the team? Is it I think seven, seven now? Seven. Whoa. Yeah, they actually, it might be eight now because there's. I think there's seven and then plus the alternate. So okay. It went from 10, to, 10 and 11 okay. for the alternate. To, yeah. yeah, they changed the rules this year. They've, okay. they've taken out the, uh, the divisional. And you go right to the national. And where's the national this year? Don't know yet. Don't know yet. Beautiful. Don't tell you. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to give it my all. Mm -hmm. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. But I'm going to go out there and have a good time. I thought about this because our last episode, we got a little serious. But like the co dude, I'm going to go out there and we're going to have a freaking blast all day, whether we get first or last. And I don't care. I just want to say, man, that was wicked. I don't and don't miss it. You know, that's what I do every time I go. That's fishing, what I'm buddy. doing. That's yeah. what I'm doing. So, but my uh, last cast of the night is, guys. I need you guys to like, subscribe, and share this, please. Uh, all these social media things realize now that we are a business. They are mm. literally pounding us down. They want me this every day. It's like you got to buy ads to be. You guys know what it's like if you're in our shoes. Please like, share, spread it. If you have a guest you want to see on, message us, let us know. If you want some more information on something Nick said, message us, let us know. We'll loop back up with Nick. If you want to find out where a certain product is, message us and let us know. 
We have so many great companies that support CanCast, so many great vendors that come to the trade show. This is just one little piece of it, this podcast, and we want to help grow the sport in Canada. So thank you guys. We appreciate you guys uh, coming in to everything, listening. We're on Apple now, Spotify. We're going to be on Google Podcasts, hopefully by the end of this week. YouTube, you can watch the video of this as well. Thank you all. We appreciate the support, and please like and subscribe. It would mean the world to us. Thanks, guys. Thank you.